thank you for listening to the 11th episode of the Saints Edified podcast. This is your host, Arturo, and I'm going to go ahead and play a few discussions uh, the next several weeks. Discussions I've had with people that are close to me, that have built me up. Um, I just want to share them with you guys. I'm sure you guys will be edified and encouraged by these discussions. For today, I have my pastor, Reverend Randy Martin. He's a teaching elder in the PCA for Providence Reformed Church in Bakersfield. And I've been under his leadership for now for about two and a half years. Uh, but however, I've known him since 2010, 11-ish. And, um, and this man has been just a huge encouragement. So, And I get to ask him a few questions regarding a debate he had in 2010 with atheist uh, and lawyer Eddie Tabish. And if you guys actually listen to the polemical edition of Saints Edified, you'll notice that in the, um, in the intro, there's Greg Bonson actually took uh, two segments from that debate, from the debate he had with Eddie Tabish back in the 90s, and uh, and, and used it for the intro. Uh, I just think Bonson did an excellent job, and so did my pastor. You know, he gives a little bit more context of the debate and how he prepared, and so we, we go over various things from uh, determinism, free will, atheism, morality, ethics. We go, in, in a short hour, we talk about a few things, uh, and uh, and he does want to come back, so I, can, I look forward to that. But for now, I want to share with you the first part of our discussion that we had. Our next episode will cover part two of the, of the discussion. All right, friends. Well, I hope you are encouraged by this discussion, and uh, enjoy. guys uh randy's my pastor um also a mentor and a friend he was there for me in a time of my life that i really needed someone to look up to and to train me uh even before being a member of his church so uh so randy thank you for for joining us you're welcome it's good to be here arturo on the polemical edition the, re- the reason why i brought that up is because i have a um an intro on there where uh where greg bonson is debating is it tabash tabash right tabash and um and and i love it because uh you know, he, he's someone that you debated as well, Yes. you know, and um, I came across uh, presuppositional apologetics probably in 2011, mm-hmm. 2012, and then I found out like a year later that you actually debated this guy, you know, and I thought that was, uh, that's pretty cool, you know, so, um, so that we're, we're going to want to do a recap on that, on that debate, uh, but before we do that, Randy, um, you know, I, I want people to know you a little more, so uh, how long have you been a believer? Oh, let's see. Uh, I'm 67, so um, I guess that would be about 57 years. Sometime when I was around, probably when I was nine, is when I had my initial and I think uh, definitive conversion. Uh, Southern Baptist Church, hearing the preaching, uh, the altar call, uh, could not stay in the pew. Uh, Went forward, and uh, a week later, Sunday night service was baptized. And I believe that was a bona fide conversion to Christ. Um, it wasn't a matter of praying the sinner's prayer. It was actually a matter of recognizing and believing that Christ had actually died for me, that he had paid for my sins, and that I truly had forgiveness for my sins, past, present, and future, because of the work of Christ on my behalf. Awesome, awesome. Because I know you're ready. Uh, it's kind of interesting what happened later on in your life during seminary and college. And, um, and in the, just your personal life, it's encouraging to me to, to know these things. So 
you know, obviously we don't have too much time to go over everything. You know, we've had years and years to talk about these yeah. things and, um, yes. and, you know, and, and, and I know you know this already, but it's, it's really affected my life and it's really shifted me. Um, I believe in, in a good direction, you know, with, with being a family man now, I have two kids, you know, and there, there will be a time where we talk about those mentorship meetings, okay. you know, and, and, and <laughs> Because I do know you love sharing a story, uh, a question that we asked you, and right, and, and so <laughs> that'll be for another time. Right. And um, but and I love those stories as well, you know. So in 2010, you had a debate with um, with Eddie yes. Topish, right? Yes. Well, personally, I think Ed, I think Eddie is is probably the most um, underrated, or probably uh, he's not he's not as well known as these other guys. But I think he's probably the probably one of the best debaters, and I think it's because he's a a constitutional lawyer. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> he's a he's a skilled debater. He loves debates. Yes. I remember before the debate started, he was like a little kid. He's all, you know, clapping his hand. And, and I, I don't know if you saw the video, but he was so excited to start the debate, you know, and and it really caused me to want to pray for the guy because um, I love people seeing excited, but I want them excited for the right reason, you know. Sure. And um and so uh, but anyways, Edward, he's or Eddie, he's I, I know Bonson debated him. What's interesting is that you and Bonson have the same approach. You know, you guys have a similar approach as far as yes. using presuppositional apologetics. Right. So I kind of want to talk about those two things, you okay. know, your debate and also the method that we use for apologetics. Sure. In, in the debate, uh, the very beginning, the, the, the announcer, he mentions your, your background and he mm-hmm. says that, you know, that you had experiences in, in seminary and college that really helped you defend the faith. Do you have any, any story uh, that you'd like to share? Sure. Sure. Um, I think that, um, and, I, and I credit God to this, and I credit the, the Holy Spirit's work uh, at that particular moment when this happened. But uh, during my summers, uh, when I was going to college, uh, I worked for the Kern County Fire Department. Um, I don't know if they still continue the program, but back then they would hire um, college students usually mm-hmm. um, and employ them as extra help um, summer seasonals and uh, this was my fifth summer doing that kind of work Um, and so i always had guys who were my age maybe a little bit younger maybe a little bit older who were working along with me my routine was uh, every night after dinner i would go into the kitchen area i usually had some privacy there we get out my bible and notebook and i would do my devotions and study and so forth and two young fellows uh, stopped into the kitchen that night and they basically said uh, something like this to me um, why do you believe in God mm. and on that in that moment what hit me was um, the uh, that that question doesn't go very far um, you don't know the motives of those who were asking the question you don't know if this is uh, an, an ultimate kind of concern on their part or just a curiosity right. and so my response was I really don't think that question is all that significant that is why do you believe in God mm-hmm. uh, clearly uh, there are many 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 people in our country who believe in God and it doesn't appear to really alter how they live their lives I said the significant question I think is this if you came to believe that God truly exists would you give your life over him, over to him completely and serve him with the rest of your life? I said, that's the significant question. Would you? If you came to believe that God truly existed, would you? And I looked at both of these young men and 
I put the question directly to both of them. So one young man thought about it for a moment and quickly said, no, if I came to believe that God existed, I wouldn't change my life at all. The second young man thought about it and said, if I came to believe in God, I think it would change everything. Hmm. He came to me later and said, okay, uh, I see what you're saying. Uh, how do I come to know whether God exists or not? How do I come to know? And I said, uh, the most powerful um, witness and testimony and proof that God exists is found in Bible reading. You need to read the Bible. If you've never read it, then you really don't understand what the message of the Bible is. And you don't really understand who the God is that actually exists. Uh, and uh, uh, he followed my directions and went to the Berean bookstore, bought a New American Standard translation. I gave him some guidance that he needed to start in the Gospel of John. That was in July. I uh, had no idea what happened until October when he uh, wrote me a letter to tell me that the previous week he had been baptized and that oh, wow. two weeks earlier he had come to the conviction that Jesus was truly the Son of God and that he needed to give his life over to him. So for me, it's always critical to discern whether people are dealing with you at the curiosity level or at the level of antagonism mm. or at the level of genuine uh, seeking after truth. And we deal with each one of those in a different way. Uh, I don't think we're obligated morally uh, to deal with the people who are just being argumentative and who just simply want to win points. Mm. I think we have some obligation to people who aren't yet seekers, but who have serious intellectual issues. And of course, we always should be uh, taking people that we know are sincere. They're really asking, yeah, I really want to know what the truth is in all of this and do our very best to help them to see uh, who God is, what scripture has to say and what Christ has done for us. Right. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, so it, it went from asking, uh, how, do, how do you know God exists or why do you believe that God exists? Why do you believe that? And then he changed his question to, if you came to believe that God truly existed, would you give your yeah. life over to him completely? Right. Yeah. That's the question. And then he asked, okay, well, how do I come to know God? Yes. Oh, it's a watershed kind yeah, of question. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and I still do wonder sometimes, you know, when, when people ask me similar questions, um, whether it be at work or at school or anywhere, they'll ask, okay, well, like, why do you believe in God? And in my mind, I'm like, all right, there's the Bonson approach. There's the... And so what we ought to do is, is respond in that situation to say, are you asking a question about me? Mm -hmm. Or are you asking a question about God and his existence? Yeah. There. Okay. I see what you're saying. Because if you just ask this question yeah. about me, it hardly matters if I believe in God or not. Right, right. What really yeah. matters is, does God actually exist? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And what matters beyond that is, if he did exist and you came to know that he existed, mm. would you do what you ought to do with that? And that is to serve him with your whole heart and life. Right. right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Again, th that debate was, it was about two hours long around there, right? About two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. Totally, yes. Yeah. And, um, and even if, if some people might think that's a long time, really it's not that long. You know, um, I, I couldn't imagine uh, there was so much more you wanted to say. Um, I, I, you, you've been true to me, so I, I know you can go on for a long time, you know, and, uh, so, uh, and, and I'm sure the same thing with Eddie, you know, uh, he, I'm sure he could have, and I'm using the, I'm, I'm calling you guys by your first name because even the debate, you guys yes. agreed to, he wanted the debate to be, uh, in that sense, sort of colloquial, friendly, okay. uh, the formality of the debate. And I'll say something about that. The formality of the debate, he wanted that formality to be cloaked in a friendly 
kind of let's okay. be on a first name basis. Let's let's remove all that kind of pretense mm -hmm. and let the form and structure of the debate be the form and structure of the debate. But the way we would speak to and address each other would be in a friendly kind of manner. Okay. Was Eddie someone that you talked to on like before? Like, did you just have any relationship before the debate? Or so yes. And uh, so this was 2010. Uh, in 2007, uh, Chad Vegas had been invited to um, speak on a panel. Uh, set up by the Americans United for the Separation of Church and State, mm -hmm. uh, a four-membered panel uh, that was going to have a, a member of the uh, Mormon Church, uh, a member of the Catholic Church, uh, Eddie representing secular humanism, mm -hmm. and then uh, a member of a Protestant church. Okay. And so uh, one of the local bishops of the Mormon Church was there. Uh, one of the uh, Catholic uh, local Catholic uh, priest, in fact, it, it might even have been one who teaches at BC was there. Uh, Eddie was there and I was there. And so we're really speaking on the, the question of the First Amendment, uh, separation of church and state, mm -hmm. and what would be our arguments or reasoning for uh, defending a particular view of the separation of church and state and the uh, First Amendment right to the uh, freedom of uh, religion, freedom of worship. Oh, okay. It was after being on that panel with him that Eddie came up to me and he said, um, you're a Presbyterian. I recognize your methodology. Uh, I debated Greg Bonson. Oh, ago. really? <laughs> that was our first contact. Oh, yes. man. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's pretty neat. <laughs> so we chatted with each other a little bit after that. Uh, and then I got a second invitation in 2010, uh, again from the Americans United for the Separation of Church and State, to do a more formal, but not a perfectly formal, but a more formalized uh, kind of debate with Eddie Tabish again, on a First Amendment issue. Uh, and so they were asking Eddie to speak to this, and then they uh, contacted me and asked me to speak to this. And we were given a small room at Beale, uh, uh, and uh, we overflowed that, and so we had to take 30 minutes to reestablish ourselves in the Beale Library Auditorium because we had somewhere between uh, 120, 130 people show up. Uh, many of them happened to be uh, students from Bakersfield Christian High School, but there were a number of people from the community. And so we had this friendly kind of debate uh, back and forth over uh, uh, whether the cross was a violation of the First uh, Amendment and the Establishment Clause. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, in October of that year, that was in April, in October of that year when the Supreme Court gave back its decision, uh, the decision was the cross could stand, that it didn't violate the Establishment clause. And I was pleasantly surprised that in their opinion, uh, their chief arguments mirrored arguments that I had presented in my case against Tabish's position. Oh, man. Uh, so that was because I'm not a constitutional attorney. I don't have a lot of training in this. It was after the 20, uh, uh, 2009 uh, April thing that we're walking out to uh, the parking lot together. And that's when he proposes a debate. And he said, uh, why don't we debate? He said, and, and so I'll, I'll offer two things to you. Uh, does the Christian God exist or does God exist? And that makes sense now. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and my response to him was, well, we ought to argue the second question before yeah. we argue the first. I said, it's logically necessary for God to exist mm -hmm. in order for the Christian God to exist. Mm -hmm. 
Because if someone disproves the existence of God, mm -hmm. logically, then of course the Christian God can't exist. Right, right. I said, so in terms of, and I'm thinking this through, uh, I'm a teacher, I'm uh, you know, a minor logician, very, very mm -hmm. minor, but I think logically. <laughs> so let's, let's, put, let's put things in their proper order. We would never have to debate, does God exist, if we went to the debate and I proved that the Christian God exists. Right. But you know, setting up so that we might have a prequel and then another one, something yeah. like that. Well, uh, he said that, uh, sure, that, that we would take that up. I didn't hear from him uh, for seven months. Oh. And it wasn't until November that he got in contact with me again. And I thought maybe he forgot about it. Maybe his schedule precluded it. Uh, maybe he uh, did a little more investigation of my background and thought that, you know, uh, Tabish has debated what we would call the A-team in the philosophical world. Hmm. Uh, Robert Swinburne, um, William Lane Craig, hmm. uh, back in the 90s, Greg Bonson. And I thought, why would he want to debate the B team. <laughs> That's how I looked at it. So I thought he probably had uh, just sort of given it up, you know. Uh, but he contacted me, and uh, uh, and so uh, we set it up for February, and it was uh, a challenging but enjoyable event. Uh, the BCHS and the, the Christian community uh, turned out in in huge numbers. They estimate a thousand to twelve hundred people showed wow. up for the debate. Man. The uh, auditorium there, the, the gymnasium at Bakersfield Christian High School was packed. They had to bring in more chairs for people to sit on the floor. And there was a you know contingency of the Americans United for the Separation of Church Church and State. There were those who were uh, you know fans of uh, Eddie Tabish and so they were there. Um, but it was a very congenial it was uh, oh and the debate by the way is, was highly structured. Uh, Eddie set up the debate rules. Okay. And this will answer something that occurs later on. Yeah. Uh, he taunts me as to why I'm not willing to talk about the Christian God. Yeah, that, that, that was frustrating for me too. <laughs> uh, but the fact is, is that when you set up a debate and you establish the question, if you don't address the question, you are in terms of the forensic debate rules, gone, you have gone off topic. And judges uh, will actually score you down if you go off topic. Well, he had basically said to me, this is the topic. This is how we're doing it. We're going to stick to this. And I said, I'm happy to stick to this. Uh, so that meant that I didn't, uh, in any sense, touch the arsenal of other kinds of arguments that we might use right. uh, with respect to Christ, his historicity, his claims to be God, uh, the validation of those claims, all kinds of things that would support the concept of the Christian God. No, it was just the classical view of God, the Judeo-Christianity provides, the, the God of the Abrahamic tradition, the God that's necessary to uh, establish or state uh, the classical problem of evil. Mm -hmm. He was saying that a lot. Like, I think yes. I remember at least three different times where he yes. kept saying it over and over again. And I'm like, no. I was like, earlier in the debate, I think Randy even said... I started out by making it clear that our specific topic was this. Yeah. And that's why we weren't going to go anyplace else. But but you even said too in, in defining the classical view of God. I was going to ask you about that as well. You know, when when you, when you were explaining the classical view of God, you included uh, the God of Abraham. And, yes. And, and 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 Jews and Christians. You know. Yes. You know, and then you even you even clarified on your rebuttal. Like I'm not trying to shy away from, and, and I know you. You know, you wouldn't shy away from that. And I couldn't really understand why he was saying those things over and over again. I'm, I'm glad you clarified. Well, and and uh, I had the. Uh, there was a temptation during the debate at that point to stop and say, we're following the rules that you set, Eddie. Mm -hmm. We're following the debate format that you set. 
So why are, we trying, why are you trying now to bait me into breaking the rules that you specifically set and agreed to? Right. I'm being consistent. What mm -hmm. you're asking me to do here is being terribly inconsistent right. to the groundwork for the rules of the debate. But um, I think I'm thankful that I didn't go that direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, um, and this is something that I was talking to my buddies about, you know, there's, and I know most people don't know who I'm talking about when I say Chad Vegas, you know, he's my former pastor. Yes. I, I still consider him a pastor of mine. Like more, sure, I, see, I, I see him more like a big brother to me. You know, he's, he, like, he's, a, he's someone I go to a lot. He's a huge influence in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's taught me out a lot too. Um, now his method of debate it's way different than yours, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's almost like he, he, it's almost like he has no issue of like making someone look foolish. At, at times I feel like he wants to do that. And, uh, and we who love Chad recognize that God has given to him one of the sharpest minds yeah. that you can imagine, and a what I would call a good Type A personality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and so he ought to use that. Right. Um, I don't have that personality, <laughs> and I had my whole church. Uh, praying during all the weeks of preparation oh, nice. that I would be a consummate gentleman That's because well, yeah. because if you push me into a corner my tendency <laughs> is okay if you're gonna play dirty I'll play dirty too <laughs> and I was praying God don't let me go there yeah as much as my heart may want to go there don't let me go there right. let me be the way my church has prayed for me let me be the way that you mm -hmm. want me to be and let me conduct myself as a Christian gentleman in all of this. That is, uh, it's funny that you're saying that, you know, this, this morning I was talking to my buddies about that and I was like, you know what, my pastor, he's a gentleman. He's not going to start throwing low, blow, uh, low blows or, or anything. I mean, he's going to, he's going to treat someone with respect, you know, and, and I think of that verse in Timothy, you know, where we respond in gentleness and perhaps God will grant them yeah. repentance. Right. right. I, I, sp I spoke about that on my recent episode. Um, yeah. uh, last week, actually, I spoke about that. And so I'm, I'm glad you actually, uh, I, I'm personally glad you took that route. You know, um, well, I'll say this. I had hundreds of students that I was bearing witness to. Mm -hmm. And especially uh, my own senior students where I had talked to them again and again about how they handle their research papers. And in the research papers, I said, I will grade you low if you don't treat the opposition, the position that you don't agree with, if you don't treat that position with the greatest amount of respect, you will get serious points deducted on your grade. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't treat uh, uh, Eddie with the utmost respect right. and, uh, and to be the kind of person and gentleman that, that I thought God wanted me to be, I would have been discrediting my whole approach and teaching. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I want to live up to that at all times. Right. Sadly, I don't. But I think it's very important to right. strive to be that kind of person. And um, it's the kind of person I think God would want me to be. Yeah. So. yeah no, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. I wasn't really expecting you to go go there, but I was talking about that to, to, my, to my two buddies on, on yeah. the East Coast this morning. Yeah. I just thought it was pretty cool. So yeah. I was going to ask you next, uh, how did you prepare for this debate? My debate preparation uh, involved two things. Um, Obviously that was part one of our discussion. I hope you enjoyed that. And stay tuned for part two on the next episode. Until next time, friends, Sola de Gloria. <laughs>